Good day, fellow consciousness explorers. Welcome to the Universal Citizen Media VIP broadcast, where we discuss everything in the healing, spiritual, and wellness spectrum. My name is Dr. David Ellis, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Amir Jahangiri, and we will be discussing the science of applied spirituality. Whether you're new on the path or an adept, there is something here for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the real questions which you, the students of self-development, want answered. Hello, everyone. This is David Ellis from the UCM Media, and we're back once again with another Tips and Tricks show. This will be Tips and Tricks number three. Before we get started, I want to say with, like, today has been one of the best days of my life. Okay, today we had a show that we did on um, who dropped the spiritual soap. <laughs> and the reactions that we got were overwhelming. I really want to thank you guys who are becoming viewers of our shows. First of all, we are really trying our best to pull the community together. So just a couple of announcements before we get started. The first announcement is that we have put out a call to action to energy healers. We would like your input. We need to start building a community of collaboration and stop the competition because the world needs more healers. Yeah, we do. The second thing that I want to say is I want to make a shout out to a viewer of ours, Anthony Palmowski and his wife, Kylie. Guys, you sent us your revocation and we really appreciate it. Anthony, we will be in touch with you. That is for sure. Because I was very impressed to read your email. The third thing that I want to say is we are going to be expanding UCM steadily from here on out. And when I say expanding UCM, we already have a private video site for those of you who hate social media and want to interact with us. But we're also going to be putting together a bunch of modularized courses for you guys, okay? For those of you who have specific issues and so on. Later on this year, we're going to be teaching a Master of Sacred Science course. And this course is not esoterics light by any means of the imagination. It will combine the best of Western and Eastern esoterics. And we are going to be doing it academically, which means you're going to be learning stuff from Amir, from myself, from Nikki, and you're going to be learning it properly the first time around. No mistakes or any of that stuff. We're going to be teaching you guys everything from healing sciences to magical um, preparation and rituals. And when we say we're going to be teaching everything, we actually mean it. This is not going to be a satiric slide. And it's not going to be the kind of course that you have to um, mortgage your house for. So before we get started, I'm going to pass the mic over to Amir. Amir, chime in here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my very warmest greetings to you. Uh, you honor us by being here. We value your time and we're very grateful for your presence. Um, so here at UCM, we're not just producing something in the style of mass production that is impersonal. Each and every one of you 
is a dear and valued friend. Your input uh, nourishes us, gives us strength. So your overwhelming support has hit us in the heart. In yeah, the heart core. Yes. It, it is so gratifying to know that what we're doing in the spirit of honesty and the highest good of all is well received by you wonderful people. So I want to just say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. We're very, very grateful and humbled uh, by your warm and overwhelming support. We love you all. And the uh, things that are ahead are done in a meticulous, professional way. We really look forward to expanding on this further. Um, courses, resources, guidance, healing, consultations, and creating groups of uh, decent, honorable people. Because again, together we are strong. And goodness knows the world is in need of this kind of a concerted effort for genuine people who really love what they do to come together, support each other. Because we're all unique. Each of us has a piece of the puzzle. And perhaps you're that missing piece that everybody needs. But the rest of the puzzle has to be there too for you to have a, a place of honor among peers, among fellow light workers. So there's amazing stuff coming. Please keep following. We get we 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 get strength from from serving you. Yeah, um, Amir, look, I I want to get into the show, but I just want to shout out once again to you guys. We really appreciate the feedback. And what we're doing is creating professional products. We can make a guarantee that anything that comes out from us will look professional and will be professional. That I can put my head on a block for. And speaking about professionalism, let's get into the show. So this is tips and tricks number three. I don't know where to start. Um, I think I'm going to start at magic. Okay. So that word conjures images of one or two things, guys pulling rabbits out of hats and playing card tricks, or somebody in a forest with a hood on, yes. walking around a circle and so on. No, magic is done every day. You're doing it right now, and we're doing it right now as you're speaking to me. So it doesn't have to be some complicated process. But if you want to do technical magic and you want to be technical about the way you go about things because you want uh, measurable results, here are the skills that you need to learn. And I'm going to, as usual, give you exercises to do. You would need to learn the skill of visualization. Okay. If you're going to be doing a magical ritual, you would need to actually visualize the ends that you're actually going to or trying to manifest. Whether you call it manifestation, actually manifestation is a function of magic. And so whether you call it manifestation or whatever you call it, you need an idea of what you want. It's kind of like people who go to the supermarkets and I'm guilty of that without a grocery list. I walk around the aisles and aimlessly leave and then I get home and then I find out that I missed something. Okay, so you gotta be prepared. Your mind has to be prepared for what you want to manifest. 
I'm not going to get on like the secret that says, as long as you expect it, it will happen. No, there's a little, it's, it gets a little bit more complicated than that. Before we get into the technical aspects, Amir, jump in here. So, David mentioned the process of visualization. Now, it is very important to understand why this is necessary for any sort of magical working. So basically, the way we think um, in the brain involves language. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what language you speak, uh, as words enter the ear and then into the auditory cortex and they're processed, essentially then they are broken down into two-dimensional pictures, which are called lima. So lima processing and lima selection is a very important mechanism of cognition of how we understand the world around us. So that fundamental image is how language works, how we think internally, and how we communicate with each other. So visualization is a very important way of uh, focusing um, energy of the conscious mind and then connecting that to the subconscious. Mm -hmm. uh, visualization also interacts with the intelligent cosmos, uh, which is receiving that instruction, that will, in an organized manner for it to manifest. Mm -hmm. So practicing this visualization is um, basically because the way we are built as human beings, and maybe another species that is living somewhere else in the cosmos and has a different mechanism of cognition, thinking and understanding will do magic in a different way. But as human beings, this visual process is critical. Now maybe we use different methods, different techniques, different modalities, but at the end of the day, magic is causing change in the environment, change in the world in accordance to our will. Now that visualization process puts that will nicely into a little package that can be translated for the universe, for the matrix to manifest for us. Okay. And so now we get into the technical aspects because what he said is going to be very much part of what we are doing right now. So let me show you the technical aspects of magic. There are two kinds of magicians. One that are, I like to call them, one is emotive magicians and the technical magicians. Technical magician. What they do is that they have a structure of or sequence of events that they go through. So let's say you're part of a brotherhood. The technical magician would have somebody who's leading a ritual. The person visualizes because the person is good at visualizing and the other people lend energy to the process. There's certain rules they agree on, like to respect the circle purify themselves so that they can be conduits of energy. Technical magician. Emotive magician. An emotive magician knows one of the very important secrets of manifestation in terms of the time that it takes to manifest is when you put your heart and soul into it, literally and figuratively. So I've said this before, this is why sex magic usually works. The problem is that it's hard to control. 
due to the fact that people are all engaged in the emotions and they can't filter out the negative part of the emotion from the positive part of the emotion. Because I know some of you are thinking, what is David talking about? Okay, if you're utilizing sex magic and you are in the throes of an orgasm, it's hard to control for most people. A lot of things come up during that process, that orgasmic process, because that's the only event that happens in your life that you cannot doubt whether there's a spiritual aspect to it. So sex magic is easy peasy to do because it's a natural function that everybody has and it's the, one of the ways that you connect to the divine. The problem with sex magic is that when the orgasm happens because you're literally erupting the thought patterns of the energy into the universe for effect is that you can't necessarily be technical about it. The visualization breaks apart especially if you're one of these people that are caught up in lust, as an example. And so there are very few people who do sex magic properly out there because it's kind of like they can't contain the energy and keep it clean at the end of it. So which one are you? Because it doesn't only happen in, in sexuality because people utilize left-hand path practitioners, use anger and rage as the emotive drivers and also that's a problem on their side because that's also hard to control as an example i know you guys are getting lost in the word test so let me give you a running illustration if i'm a left-hand path practitioner and i want to target someone because my rage and anger flows out of control I want to target that person and I want to hurt that person so much. My anger spills over onto their family members because that's just a way to hurt them. And so it's difficult to control when you are being an emotive uh, magical practitioner. But with conditioning, you can do it. I want to get into specific exercises, but I'm going to let Amir talk here. Go ahead. Um, thank you, David. So we looked at two categories of um, ways of doing magic, solitary and in groups. Uh, so ceremonial ritual magic is using the energy of many participants, and they're all participants willing and knowing, and they all lend part of their energy, their focus and concentration to fuel the energy of the ritual, set things in motion. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, you have the solitary practitioner, which is calling on the infinity of their being. So that could be, if not equally powerful, even more powerful than ceremonial practices. But it takes an immense amount of self-discipline and practice in control of those powerful emotions, uh, the life force that is again setting things into action, setting things into motion. So again, we all have different styles of uh, interacting with the universe. Maybe for some, uh, a group setting is more suitable, uh, but maybe for some solitary work is more suitable. Um, with the 
the downside of solitary work is it requires immense discipline, self-control. The downside of group work is if there's one bad apple, it can contaminate all the apples. <laughs> you see, so no method is perfect, perfect. So again, as a practitioner, you must, you must do the due diligence, do your research. First of all, strengthen yourself, purify yourself, have control over the forces of emotion and thought. And then you'll also be a, um, an effective member of any ceremonial ritual magic. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, practice makes perfect. And be careful who you associate with. You don't want to be one that's dedicated and have a bad apple in your group, in your brotherhood, in your coven. And that contaminates it for everybody. You don't want somebody else's mess to um, basically uh, compromise you. Uh, for sure. And so let's start with the tools. So you guys play Minecraft. If you've ever played Minecraft, you build things. So you guys probably should start the visualization exercises very simply. Now, last week or week before, I'm, I'm not sure which week it was, we gave you a visualization for astral projection. And so if I asked you guys right now, visualize your perfect life now. You have 20 seconds. I'll wait. Okay. Let me ask you a question. When you just did that 20 second exercise, did you feel it? Did you feel happy about your perfect life? If you didn't, then you have a visualization problem. You may have visualized, I have my family is healthy and they're happy and we're like together and we're having a barbecue or whatever else, whatever you visualize, your heart needed to be in that visualization for it to actually come through. You have to connect the aspects of the self. That's the first thing. So the next time you do it on your own, please sit down and actually feel, smell the barbecue. You hear the laughter of the kids. Be in there. Be in that spell that you are creating. The second thing that I want to say um, in terms of the tools that you need to develop, I suppose the tools that you would need to develop is regulation, okay, and co-regulation. A lot of people want to end up in ritualistic groups or group magic and so on, but they don't regulate well. So if you're doing group practice and so on, you have to be able to regulate immediately with other people. What does that look like? You and your wife are doing a magical ritual as an example her mind is on something else you'll have issues with each other probably your mind is on something else as well you all are visualizing two different things you all are not 
in sync with each other. Y'all are not in sync with each other. And so what does co-regulation um, look like? If you're going to be doing any kind of group work, you need to be co-regulated with your partners, meaning the following. You need to spend time with the individual, understand what the individual is looking like, and you all need to co-create the reality that you are trying to manifest in the astral plane first and then manifest it into the real world. Okay, does that, I, I hope that I'm making sense to you guys. So what does a co-creation exercise look like? I'm going to reference the dyad. Let me explain what a dyad is. When you are co-creating with somebody, look into my eyes. I am barring nothing from you. Scan me from head to toe. No barriers, nothing to hide. I am clear as water. That is what we're talking about. So what does that mean? You're going to do a dyad. You're going to do a contact drill, basically. You sit down in front of the individual. You look at them. You look into their eyes and so on. And sense the intention. Whenever people do these exercises, the first thing that happens to them is that they burst out laughing. You want to know what that laughter is about? It's a barrier. They don't want you to see. It makes them feel weird and stupid. If you are doing magical practices with somebody, you absolutely need to do that, do that dyad because it's that energetic connection that is going to be integral to whatever ceremony you're doing. Um, so that would be the second thing that I would suggest. The third thing I would suggest is emotional regulation. So husband and wife team as an example, let's put it this way. Um, when was the last time you held hands? What happened in that exchange? Was a circuit created between you all? Because the good thing about sexual magic is that the circuit is default. It has to happen. But in, an, in a ceremony where you're doing ceremony with people, you will notice that witches dance together. They sway together. It is because they're trying to harmonize the emotive process. And usually mag um, drums are used or something else is used. It is to basically harmonize everybody's emotions. So if you're a shaman, as an example, you're trying to affect a healing, the drums are very, very important. They're at a particular frequency that people can understand and they move together as one. And that is emotional regulation with the group. Mary, you want to jump in here? Go ahead. So... A good analogy to what you just described is a successful football team. Yeah, yeah. Every member of the team has their place. They they wake up in the morning together, have breakfast together, train for a few hours, have lunch together, train some more, have supper together, and then they chill together, go to bed at the same time, like the best football teams in the world. Now, they do this every single day they reach a level of unity although they are many but they are unified everybody knows what everybody else is doing they don't even need to look when the ball is passed to them and the best teams that win championships that is how they operate so that's a good example in everyday life of harmony and the mechanisms that david just described so that kind of 
um, sort of uh, adaptation to each other's energy. So with group settings, with ceremonial ritual magic, uh, it, there should be much exposure between the members of the ritual. There should be none, no unknown variables, nobody freaking out, nobody bouncing up and down with their energy. And this comes with much practice. So looking at examples of this, you would have uh, traditional places where practitioners would gather and live together. That would be one of those reasons. Mm -hmm. And then as a unity of different people, they would be immensely powerful. So it does require that level of dedication and organization to reach this regulation, this harmony. And again, the first step for each one of those members is doing this within themselves. Mm -hmm. We all have that football team inside ourselves too. Different components, they have to work in harmony. The emotional states, energetic states, cognitive patterns, and so on. So it's all about harmony and unity. All pointing in the same direction, unified. So we add to each other, not subtract from each other. Mm -hmm. So, yes, much practice is required. I want to bring this down to a heart level for those of you who don't understand some of the stuff that we're saying. Let me bring this down to a heart level. You want to know when I've seen the greatest co-regulation and the greatest unity? A picture of a mother and she's just given birth and they bring the child to her. You know that feeling that happens? It's You can see it. That, that look that she gives that child and the way the child is like, I am completely vulnerable. That look, that vibration between them, that has to be present when you are doing energetic rituals. You see how high that bar is? Yes. Do you see how high that bar is? When I'm talking to the mothers who are watching this broadcast, the mothers who have wa are watching this broadcast, when was the last time you felt that, that level of connectedness? And this is what we're talking about. So I don't care because the problem with working with people and in groups is that that level of connectedness that I just described, people are not willing to be vulnerable. People are not willing to open. Okay. And I suppose my prayer for you, if you guys are doing magical practices in group groups, is that you are in a group with people that you trust. And trust is built. Once again, I'm giving you tips and tricks. Trust is built through transparency. Do the dyads. Look into the eyes of each other. Let people see everything. Open yourself and let them open themselves. So that's what I have to say with regard to magic. Amir, if you have anything else to say on that topic, you want to, you can I, jump in here. I think that in addition to powerful exercises of building trust, like the dyads, something else that would be very helpful is that everybody agrees to the objective. So if, for example, the objective is healing a certain geographic location, healing Earth, 
and all that live upon it, right? This is a very noble pursuit. And, and, and therefore the members of uh, this magical practice all wholeheartedly agree to the objective and the motives. There are no ulterior motives. Everybody loves what they're doing and wants this to work. That would be another layer in creating that beautiful harmony, that necessary harmony that is required uh, for a successful working. So again, the more cohesive and aligned and harmonious the members of the ritual are in a, a ceremonial ritual magic setting, the more powerful and successful it will be. So a great example of this is Gerald Gardner, mm -hmm. a very influential person in magic. In fact, after his actions, the witch laws in the United Kingdom were lifted by Winston Churchill, because guess what? They performed a grand ritual uh, to prevent Operation Sea Lion, where the Nazis were going to get in their ships and take over London, take over the whole of the British Isles. They performed this ceremony on the highest people in the Nazi regime to deflate them. In the words of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, you shall not pass. You shall not pass. You shall not pass. <laughs> they perform this powerful ritual. And guess what? Less than 24 hours later, the whole operation was cancelled. Coincidence? I don't think. And you see, these people put so much of their energy in this. Some of them perished shortly after. But they saved hundreds of thousands of Britons. This is a very real thing that's happened in not too long ago in our history. But every one of them believed that, for example, if the Nazi army sets foot in England, they're going to massacre countless people. Everybody was willing to go that far. So yes, clarity of objective, harmony through dancing, drums, dancing around the fire to get everybody into that state that altered state where you channel all your energy into that one objective. So think in those terms. If you're just dabbling, don't waste your time. You'd be probably more successful harmonizing your internal energy. And it can be just as powerful. So finding good people to cooperate with, that is a very difficult thing indeed. It always has been. It is now and it always will be. But boy, oh boy, if you get those right people, the result is greater than the sum of those individuals. You achieve something at a completely different level. Correct. Honestly, I think that when we're dealing with magical preparation, uh, the most important things are the things that usually go missed. Like, I know people that could recite an entire incantation in whatever dead language you ask them to, but it's all dry stuff, okay? And that feeling between the mother and child, that now that's true magic. Yes. And so I don't know where to go next. Mary, you pick. We did healing, we did meditation, we're doing magic, anything else? I think the next thing that would be probably very valuable to our esteemed audience 
is how to protect themselves from projections. So self-defense, uh, because psychic attacks, projections, and influence is a very real thing, and people do this to each other not even knowing they're doing it. So thinking negatively of somebody, speaking negatively of them behind their back, thinking of them with anger or envy, that has a very, very real instantaneous effect on the person. You're not using electronics, you're not using a phone, you're not using your voice, but you're projecting with your mind. So how can our esteemed audience recognize this and do something about it? Well, psychic attack and like self-defense is something that, boy, I know a lot about, okay? Listen, the world is not what it used to be. You could go out there right now. There's some people who are very happy, whatever else. And let me explain something to you. You're not going to get everybody to like you all the time. People, people may not like you because, oh, a mare's growing a bird. I don't like that beard anymore, right? I hate a mare because of his beard. Look, listen to me. You're not going to get everybody to like you. But here's the thing. We just did a little bit of a talk on magic. Get this. Do you know that just people disliking you is an issue? Energetically speaking. And it depends on the level of what they dislike you. If somebody dislikes you and they're in your family, that would be very damaging to your energy structures. Because you let them in because they're your family, okay, or your spouse, as the case may be, which is technically your family. That is what we're talking about here. So psychic attack is something that is always being done. You could go to the gas station, somebody's going to psychically attack you inside there. It may be over racism, it may be over sexism, it may be whatever, you're in the office as a woman and you're working, and your boss is like salivating over things he wants to do to you. That would be psychic attack. Nasty. And you could feel it when it happens. You could be in a bar. And I'm sorry, because I usually make a joke about an empath walks into a bar. That's the joke. I keep saying these things, but it's not actually funny. It, it's funny. It's funny, but it's not that kind of funny to the empath because they know exactly what I'm talking about. So. In terms of psychic attack, it's a very real and very dangerous thing. And then there are people who are technical with it. And there are people who are unwittingly technical with it. Like example, if you have a mother, okay, who is domineering and overbearing, she has practiced dominating her children and utilizes psychic manipulation to break and bend their will. Now, she's not thinking, oh, I will magically and psychically attack that person. She just knows what works and what doesn't. Yes. And she utilizes them and she, over the years, she varies them and so on to keep people in control and to keep people down and to harm her kids or to harm people around them or whatever the case may be. And guys, that is why we're talking to you about this, because if what you don't know will hurt you, number one. And if you don't know the answer to these things, and if you're not even aware of that they're happening, 
then you are defenseless. So the first rule of psychic defense is to actually know you're being attacked in the first place. I mean, like, yes. you're probably thinking, well, that's elementary. No, it's not. Because a whole bunch of people don't know they're being psychically attacked, right? Because there's the psychic attack um, or the psychic vampire that will smile in your face and want to harm you. So indicators of psychic attack. I'm going to let you jump in here. What are the indicators of psychic attack? Well, most commonly, it is associated with thoughts and feelings. Now, they could be thoughts that are unkind. Anything that is not loving, then you can consider an attack. That will induce feelings of anger, shame, guilt, fear, self-loathing, anything that's negative and emotions that go with this. So thoughts and emotions that are unkind and drain you of your energy, make you tired, make you feel bad. So these are the signs of it in order to identify them because many people believe just because a thought is going on in their head, it must be theirs. That is false. Everything and everyone in the cosmos are connected. Every atom, every string of energy is connected. So the first thing in identifying this is you must know your baseline. Sit somewhere where nobody's bugging you, preferably in nature. Med meditate for a while and then observe yourself. That's your baseline. How do you feel? How do you think? Anything that is not that and is causing you harm and pain and suffering, that's, that's the sign, okay? The attack is happening. That's identifying it. So you know it's not yours. It is not loving. It is draining your energy, setting your emotions up and down, messing with your blood pressure and hormones, causing you pain in your head, maybe even a headache. So that's the sign. Once you've identified it, then most of the battle is won. You know it's external. Now you can put your guard up. But if you're oblivious, you may go weeks, months, and years with this damn stuff in your energy, suffering, thinking it's, why am I thinking this? Why am I having an argument with myself? Why am I feeling so angry? Nothing is making me angry. Why this shame? Well, guess what? Somebody is projecting this onto you. That's exactly what's going on in their head. They're thinking of you and the thoughts and emotions and energy is being transmitted. So now we come to the useful thing, which is what can we do about it? Mm. Well, we're living in a conscious universe. Let's start with an example of physical reality, and then we'll extend that to the astral, the mental. So somebody keeps bugging you in the physical reality. How would you deal with it? You would let them know assertively this is not cool. Boundary setting. There we go. This is not cool. It's unacceptable. You're not having any of it. If they're a normal person, they should respect this. Now, if somebody doesn't respect this, you take more drastic measures. For example, you don't associate with them, you don't contact them anymore. 
need the geographical be, cure. Yes, need be you call the police, get a restraining order, right? So now with this same logic, you can sense that somebody is intruding. You may first use polite and assertive language. These are not mine. Stop this. I do not accept this from you. And then if this continues, you can manifest them in the ever-present now by going into a meditative state, looking at all the instances where this is happening across the ocean of time, all at once. You manifest them in this ever-now, exit time as the mechanism they use to interact with you. And then you address all aspects of their shadow. I bring your shadow to the surface, so you cannot deny or ignore it. They, they see the ugliness of themselves, and that is usually very, very hurtful. And that should do the trick. It does also help that you call for support and assistance from your divine ancestors, from the collective of divinity, all those beings of light that are aligned with the will of the prime creator because we have lots of lots of help, although we don't see them physically. Okay, I'm going to run a process right now on the show, uh, because I like to um, get into the meat of the matter. Yes. All right. Here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to close your eyes, and I'm just going to talk you through this. If you're watching this broadcast right now, close your eyes. Observe the thoughts that are in your head. We're going to do a very simple process. Think about yourself. What do you think about yourself? Your eyes are closed. What do you think about yourself? What are the impressions that you get? Are they positive? Are they 100% positive? What are the negative impressions that you get? Good. Filter out the negative impressions that you get into two categories. Ones that you think about and ones that have been told to you by other people. Just told to you. Or the impressions you got when they look at you. Like somebody looked at you and you felt like that person thinks I'm a dweeb or dirty or whatever else. Filter out one from the other. How many of these impressions are your impressions? Do you see? Now you know you've just filtered out what is psychic attack from what is on board what you have on board what you have created so now for those of you who know what is not yours that's easy drop it off for those of you who know what is now yours i created that i think that of myself ask yourself of the things that you have created can they be changed because you're still alive? Do you see? You have to start somewhere. And the first place that you start is filter out 
the other shit from your shit. And if you know your shit, you can definitely work on your shit. And the first thing that you're going to work on, since we're doing the process here, is you accepting the messages, the silent, dark messages that are coming from other people. We understand that. You are, people always set barriers. Like whenever I hear people talking about boundaries, um, I go to courses and they say, um, you got to set your boundaries. They never talk about energetic boundaries. That has to be set. The next time you see somebody looking at you with that kind of quirky kind of look, please understand that has nothing to do with you. It has all to do with them. Okay? It has all to do with them. And you bounce that back and you're like, that's funny. You look funny looking at me funny. And you laugh at that. Because there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. But you got to start from that position. You got to start from that position. And I'm going to pass this back to you. So in this in these kind of situations, awareness is everything. Never was, must one think that they are helpless in these conditions. That is absolutely false. So the same way that we uphold physical boundaries, this also applies to the energetic realm, the astral realm, mental planes. So not accepting it is a very powerful mechanism of defense. Somebody It's like somebody says, you are so-and-so. It is up to you to get angry and take it in or see it for what it is, an intentional ploy to make you angry. So once you have that discernment of what the objectives are, you can very well diffuse it by choosing not to take it on, not letting it into yourself. And practice makes perfect. So regular people are not under attack by countless others. There are a finite number of people that do this. And as David correctly mentioned, they're usually very close to us, relatives. Yeah. Uh, or very close friends. So the same way if some friend or relative steps out of line and crosses a boundary, you will correct this. The same applies in the astral and energetic realms. So awareness is key. Correct processing is key. And uh, protecting those boundaries is essential. Yeah. And the thing about it, it's very difficult because you see, when you're dealing with family, you, in order to have a family, you got to let people into your energy. Yes. And that's the, that's the thing about it. And I'm going to say something to you guys right now. Family is more than just a word. A lot of people are family in name only. There are a lot of cliches that are out there that blood is thicker than water. That is not technically true. I have felt more family sometimes in spiritual communities. Okay. Family means more than just a word or a social construct. Family is an energetic construct as well. And even more importantly, an energetic construct. 
because you will meet people in your life that will fall on a sword for you that have no biological identifiers or affiliation to you. And then you will meet people who have those biological identifiers and so on that are common between you and them. And they wouldn't get wet saving your drowning self. Yes. So what really is family in the end? Sometimes the geographical cure is advised, get away, get out. Yes. And the thing about it is that people get themselves hooked up on the social construct of family to the point that they're willing to die for a social idea. Guys, don't do it. It's not worth it. Okay. If you are in that kind of situation, there are a million people out here that will love you with all of their heart, ready to die for you. And so you absolutely do need to get out of these kinds of situations when it is that you um, enter in these situations. So guys, let's be, just be aware of that. So that is the, one of the rules of psychic defense. Sometimes you have to get away. The other rule of psychic defense, I would have to say, if I have to put one out there, is when you set that energetic boundary, fortify it every day in every way with your practice, with your practice. So fortifying it means that it's not enough to say, I set this boundary. Because people are going to want to break those boundaries down. They have the toothpick and they're picking at the wall, waiting for you to open up those boundaries. Amara and I are having that situation right now, actually. People picking with the toothpick. Yes. Try to break down your boundaries. And the only way you're going to maintain those boundaries is by constant practice of knowing yourself and associating with people that approach you in cleanliness. Because as Amir always says, and he is absolutely correct, together we are strong. Yes. And so these are the tips that I would have necessarily for psychic defense. Amir, if you have any other tips, we've come to the end of our show. And we're going to be doing tips and tricks number four and five. You know that, right? So we've come to the end of our show. You have the last word. Any other tips and tricks? Um, well, I think, you know, the same way that a strong, healthy body has a strong immune system, uh, a strong mind is resistant to outside influence. Uh, the same way a strong psyche is immune to psychic attack. So you are absolutely right in upholding a daily practice to maintain strength. It's not about just uh, keeping the physical body strong by regular uh, daily exercise. Uh, this has to be also applied spiritually. So that's something I would highly recommend that esteemed ladies and gentlemen, find a practice that is feasible, something that takes six, seven hours a day. It's not practical. We all have lives to lead and responsibilities, but something that you can fit in in a regular daily practice that strengthens you. This will make you stronger and more immune. Uh, quote unquote, your spiritual immune system will be uh, strengthened on a regular basis 
it's not going to be that easy to infiltrate your energy, your aura, your energetic system. So you see all these things have a level of correspondence, as above, so below. That is so true. So think of things that make common sense, make logical sense. For example, I, I like to make examples of, for example, the football team or doing regular physical exercise and how then these apply to the spiritual aspects of things. So yes, keep yourself strong, keep yourself healthy, and please remember your number one self-preservation is the law. Nothing comes before this because if you're compromised, at best, you're useless. You're never going to be helpful to anybody else. Excellent. And so, guys, I actually want to do something here. I want to thank the people who came out for our private call-in show. All right, that was amazing. I want to thank the people that we met. A special shout out to Mother Robin. I hope you're listening to our broadcast today. A special shout out to Roxandra and all of these people, um, Edlene and I. Who else was uh, was at that thing? Um, uh, Edlene. Yes, David was there. Not this David, another David. And I want to shout out to you Laura, guys. Yes. <laughs> Who's that? Laura Massey. Laura was there as well, and Mitz, you were there as yes. well. So we want to thank you guys uh that recording is going to be put on our private site we're not going to be putting it on youtube but we're opening the call-in shows to the public so you guys can come in and pick our brains as much as you want yes this will be a very good experience to for you guys to come and pick our brains and share with us we actually did a ritual in that private screen recording and i want to make that a staple so come with the good intentions, come with your, well, your energy, your happiness, and interact with us. Okay, guys, that's it for our show. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our podcast. Universal Citizen Media is an open-door network of professionals bringing relevant content to inspired people. We exist for the promotion of wellness for the betterment of society, and we are a free and independent media group with zero affiliations to any political or religious agendas. If you want to know more, please join us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or in our private online community at community.universalcitizentv.com